podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. Can you hear that smile? The Reds actually won. Oh my God, they actually won a game. It is fantastic to be back. Um, Even more so with three points, I'll take them in any way, shape or form. We beat Wolves away from home, obviously, because at the moment Anfield is a bit cursed. And I'm absolutely delighted. I'm absolutely buzzing. It's great to have two back-to-back wins, one in Europe and one in the league. So happy days. And this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you get 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon, Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Now you can tell I'm flipping um, happy that we won because I even actually did that little announcement there. And joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. At the moment, no callers, but let's kick off with the guests. First up, I am delighted to be joined by, um, uh, he's making his, um, his appearance again. It's been a while. It's Sam Evans. Sam, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Nina. Uh, just, just first of all, I want to say uh, thoughts with Rui Patricio today. Now, uh, after mm. that horrible knock, I just want to mention that straight off the bat. Uh, you know, when things like that happen, it kind of puts a lot of things in perspective. Um, just really hope it's it's not as bad as it looked, and you know, it's something he can you know come back with a recovery from pretty quick. Absolutely. Um, I think everyone here and um, all our subscribers and all our listeners and, you know, everyone at Anfield Index absolutely echoes that absolutely horrific and awful. Just and my second guest, I didn't intro him, but I nearly let it slip. Um, I'm delighted to have him back. Cause last time he was on, you know, it wasn't in the best of circumstances. I think that could be said about all my guests. Um, it is an honour to have back my good friend, my awesome brother, Justin Wells. Justin, welcome back. Multitasking, no, multitasking. I need to let listeners know he's cooking up dinner and he's going to give us some analysis. Yeah, um, the last time I, I, I've called into you the last two weeks as well. So like, it's just a never. It's been a never-ending uh, cycle of pain that you know might have ended. So maybe it's not never-ending. Well, you know what? Um, let's kind of talk about uh, this. And Justin, um, I'll come to you. But I'll get your thoughts on both of this. Um, but I'll come to Justin first. Uh, team lineup. Um, me personally, I wasn't surprised that it was unchanged. No, I mean, you. he kind of has to do that at this moment if you're trying to build some cohesion through the side, right? You need to, If you, if you want to try to get a team to play a certain way and you get the, the right mix of people in there, you can't continually upset the mix. Um, Tiago, Fabinho, and Ginny have played exactly one game together. So, you know, you're, you, you have to see how that combination is going to work out against different styles of play and different teams. And, you know, RB Leipzig and Wolves play very different styles. Although um, I think one of the things that actually uh, really worked out for us in, in starting that midfield was the fact that it was a bit more dynamic, especially considering the fact that Wolves started with, uh, you know, Neves and Moutinho, who were effectively two sitters. 
So it allowed us to create, you know, to create uh, overloads in specific areas, or at least that was the intent. Uh, how well it worked, we can discuss a bit more in detail later. But I think it was the right lineup, and it, and it gave us a chance to build cohesion in particular. You want to see the two center backs play together because you want to see them continue to grow and understand each other. And that we also got again. Absolutely. And uh, Sam, I'll come to you because, you know, it was literally like it's been a horrendous season with a lot of injuries and like things are not working. There was no, um, you know, like, like Justin said, no cohesion. And I think all of us on um, AI and certainly on Nina Cavsha, we were all just pretty much crying before the Leipzig game. Just play your defenders in defence. Don't care who they are. Don't care what they are. If they are defenders by trade, keep them there. Let's move the likes of Fabinho into that midfield and let's not make ourselves vulnerable into, into positions. So I want to get your thoughts on, on, on the team lineup and, um, uh, were you, I'm, I'm guessing you were happy with it because right now beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> oh God. I, I was very happy with it. You know, after the Leipzig game and that performance that Fabinho put in midfield, I, I don't know if you heard Klopp after the game, he basically said, Fabinho couldn't make it any more obvious that that's where he wants to play with the performance he put in. He had a bit of a joke with him afterwards that he absolutely played out of his skin against Leipzig. And I I just think there was absolutely no chance Klopp was going to get Fabinho to go back into centre-back after what he did against Leipzig. I, I'm, I'm with you, Nina. I think we've been doing this too often this season where the, the defensive problem has caused a second problem in midfield. And we're making two changes instead of one all the time. And it's really, really disrupted our season. So it, it was a no-brainer today. After you know the confidence-boosting win against Leipzig, a very tough away game again today was was coming up. You know They'd only lost one in seven, I think it was, um, coming into this world. So they're much better form than us. Um, we had to try and build on the momentum that we've now got from that Leipzig uh, victory. And it's another game under the belt for the dream team centre-back partnership at the back there. Phillips are come back. Absolutely. I'm just on the chat box right now and I'm just seeing people and Dave Horrocks, Jinxy Winksy's there, you know, seeing some familiar names. And uh, there's a comment that's just made me laugh, Rami's actor. He just said, is it me or does... Um, he said this actually much sooner. Is it me or does uh, Fabio Silva look like Howard Wallowitz from Big Bang Theory? <laughs> there's always a lookalike. There's always a lookalike. You know what? Let's get back to the game. And uh, Justin, um, you know, just to interrupt the, the, the cooking session there, um, I'll come to you first. Kind of, I want to go, um, no, one, no one's called in yet. If anyone wants to call in, you're listening, let me know. Type it in the chat box. We'll get you one. We'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Certainly after a win, come on, guys, you know, it's not every day we get three points. Justin, I'll come to you. I mean, oh, okay, we, we actually have a caller. Harinda, drum pod. You, you've given him no time to get ready there at all, Nina. You've just told him to jump on straight away. This is I don't want to jump on cows. I don't want to jump on anybody, really, to be fair. <laughs> Hello, buddy. Hello. Most people usually get jumped on by cows. Okay, let's just, just get this right. I'm not jumping on anybody. That's your job. Oh, sorry, your sideline. Side hustle. I have many oh. side hustles. You do indeed. It's a great day when my in-laws lose. 
literally that's the only point I have to make. It's always a good day when Wolverhampton Wanderers lose. Um, lovely city, lovely people. Just can't stand the football team. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to anybody who has any kind of passion for Wolverhampton Wanderers. But because we have a considered panel, and hello panel, hello Justin, ah, <sighs> hello Sam. I have a very simple question for you. Against Leipzig, Fabinho rocked everything. It was amazing. It was just like, wow. But today, he wasn't as effective. I, I don't think he was as effective as he was a week or so ago. Do the panel have any thoughts on that, as to why Fab wasn't as fab today as he was a week ago? I, I could I could take this to start. I think he was still fine. Um, I think it's because of the fact that we were giving the ball away so much more. I don't think that Ginny and Thiago were quite as good because Fab still got a lot of tackles in. He just wasn't as good at turning everything to attack because I think as a whole, we weren't particularly good at turning everything into attack today. Our passing was a bit off today, in my opinion, as It was well. very off. That, that, was, that was basically what I was getting to. It was very off. Um, Thiago, I, I think, has been over, over-criticized by many because mm. of the fact that you, nobody like, likes to take into account all the things that have gone on around to Liverpool that have diminished his effectiveness considering where he was signed to play and what he was signed to do versus what he's done. But today he was playing in a situation that actually suits what he should be good at doing, and he wasn't very good at it. Same thing with Ginny. He, you know, like the two of them combined for their best moment together early in the match when Sadio tries to round the keeper, is probably foul, could have probably shot earlier. But after that, they were very, very loose with their passing and got... Um, it felt like outmuscled routinely. Mm. And Sam, um, have you got any any thoughts or points you'd like to add about Fabinho? Because some things that I did kind of notice in the first half was as well, he was kind of chipping in in kind of a defensive way as well. Like I've, I felt like he was kind of helping the defence quite a bit as well when the balls were kind of coming in. And I did see him make a few clearances and stuff, which is what you expect from him or what you expect from a centre-back. But it was almost like he was kind of playing a bit of a hybrid kind of role in the first half. Yeah, I think Fabinho had a pretty good game. Really, it was it wasn't as eye catching as the Leipzig game. For sure, uh, it, you know Wolves do play in a totally different way, and he, he was still doing his usual breaking up of play. He was getting plenty of headers in. He was protecting the inexperienced centre backs, and and it really did help. Um, the, the difference in Quebec over the last few weeks is astounding, really. Um, and it just goes to show that if you've got a bit of a structure around them, you know, we've got the proper right and left back in as well with a bit of protection in front and Alisson behind. Um, we can kind of work around it for now. It's not ideal having these two at the back, obviously, but it's it's much better having those two at the back when we can have the first choice midfield then starting for us, you know, and uh, Thiago was busy today, wasn't he? Bloody hell. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Harinda, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, what, what were your kind of um, takeaways from, from the Thiago performance? You've heard what the panel have said. <laughs> Do you know what? I'll say what I've said previously as well. Every so often, Thiago loves a bit of a Lucas Lever tackle in our own half. Today, he did the Lucas Leiva tackle, but in their half, I thought, you know what, as soon as that happened, I thought, that's he's going to have a solid game. And I wasn't too far off. He was, I thought he was actually fine. Um, yeah, when he, when he got booked for that challenge, I was like, you know what, I can't even complain. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't, right? You can't. <laughs> 
You just can't. First of all, you're doing the and, and I hate tackle. it when and, and I hate it because I like to complain well, yeah. about something, you know. Um, well, I mean, there's two things we can complain about ish. Over uh, Terry Henry, aka Thierry Henry, did actually try and make a bit of a reasoning for it. Mane, just shoot, man. Just shoot. It's okay. Mm. You know what? Just shoot. But then I'm not really one for listening to half time analysis because I try and just go and do something else for that period of time. But mm. I unfortunately caught, caught the bad comment by Jamie Carragher again um, about a penalty shout. And thinking that it should have been one piss off or I care. Sorry if anyone was it the one early on. Was it the one early? Yeah, with the Allison? tomato one. Oh, just, oh come on. Was, yeah, that's not a, honestly. But just, if, you know what? If that's a penalty, then just stop. So yeah. subservient to your payloads here. Yeah. All right. They pay your bills. Ever since the spitting incident, though, you just turned into a bit of a twat. Sorry, more of a twat and commentary, but or, or analysis. I'm just not going to go to Jane Carragher. But Thierry Henry made a great point whereby he's saying, you know what? If Salah's feet had been the other way around, i.e. taking it on the right, on the left, giving it to his right and shifted it straight off, all good. But he did it the wrong, the other way around. And so he was always trying to compensate for that. And therefore, he thought he'd round the keeper and then put it in. But just didn't work out for him. So I was like, oh, OK, that, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, and when John Ruddy came on, fucking hell, man. You know what? John Ruddy of Norwich fame and infamy against Luis Suarez and letting in five goals. Same John Ruddy. When he came on, and I hope Rui Patricio is okay, by the way. Mm. When he came on, and he was just rooted there, when Salah tried the curl, I thought, you know what, that's got to go in. That's it. That's all I can really complain about, really. There's not much to whinge about. As I said, I take wins against Wolverhampton. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win against Chelsea, but the wins, wins against Wolverhampton and Chelsea, I take anywhere that they come. Simply because, and Gag will attest to this, Wolverhampton Wanderers fans make you hate Wolves even more. I heard that like, because I, I really like the manager and I like the players and and I've spoken to Gary. He's like, you should see their fans. They they horrendous. It's the fan and, it's, and to be fair, you oh. know that game. You know the final was it was it the final game of the season uh, when we when um, Man City had Brighton and the game was like three yep, seconds yep. of joy we and we there. had yeah, Wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yep. I remember hearing them. I was in the the King Kenny stand and they were actually pretty appalling. To be fair. I mean, from where you were seated as well for the King Kenny, you just want to chuck shit at them, right? From where yeah. they are, if you think about it, from where you are in the King Kenny stand, I know exactly where you were seating that, seating that day as well because mm. you were next to Gags yeah. in the seats that I had have spares. Um, you just want to throw whatever you can find. Find as many match day programs as you can and just hope to God they'll land in the lower granny in their corner where they are because they just don't shut up. They say the most stupidest and name things. There are a few of them who are brilliant people. They are. They are the salt of the earth. They're so fantastic. You just wish they didn't support Wolverhampton Wanderers. But they do. But everybody has a bit of a flaw in life. Unfortunately, there's a larger collective of Wolverhampton Wanderers Wanderers fan base, which you just sit there and go, honestly, you know when those pyrotechnics go off at the beginning of the game? If they singed you, not burned you, singed you, I wouldn't mind so much. I wouldn't. Because you'll probably shut up then because you won't talk because... Your lips are hurting because they've been singed. Just honestly, shut up. Like, there's, I know many football teams have entitled fan bases, but Wolverhampton Wanderers has an arrogant entitled fan base which you just want to go and bury somewhere and silence forever. You do. Yeah, and this is what Gags has, I'm presuming, because I obviously don't go to the gym with Gags, living in a completely different um, 
geographical place in the world, mm-hmm. possibly in the UK. Uh, you know, I can just only imagine what it's like for him when he goes to the gym or when he goes to work and they open their mouths. Straight away, he's probably thinking, I need a mug. I need some sort of implementation. I can ram down this fucker's throat because I just need him to shut up. Because they're going to say something really stupid and it's going to be the ultimate wind-up or it's going to be really, really stupid to the point whereby I just don't want to hear it. I can't have that embedded in my thinking or my psyche for the rest of the day where that person's thoughts are going to be ruminating against around my head all day long. You know what? Finish it straight away. Get a mug, smash across the mouth, end it. I feel for you, (laughs) Gagan Tandon. I feel for you. Is this where I should point out that I've both been to the seats you guys are talking about and to Wolverhampton the, for the only time with Gags and Podgy? Yeah, Wolves has said, as a city, is brilliant. The The people of Wolverhampton are fantastic. The people of the black country, full stop, are great. My wife is from the black country in Wolverhampton. My in-laws are there. I have lots of people I know there who are also Liverpool fans who live in the city of Wolverhampton. It is a very, very good place. It's such a nice place to be. And the people are so, so friendly. You think that it's, it's possibly the world's best place to live. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that they've got Molyneux there and the fan base that goes to Molyneux on a regular basis is one that you just want to silence. You just do. I don't know what it is about them. You know, they, they start talking and yapping away. Um, and I can do a very good black country accent, but I won't do it. I won't do it. Um, they just... There's just something about it. You know, it's so grating. And when they say something stupid, you just want to go, please stop, stop. You know, you should have stopped from the point where you sucked in your breath to even say something. Just stop at that point in time. Don't say anything else. Don't, don't, just don't do it. Please save everybody. There you go. <laughs> I can't add to that. I don't know what else. Uh, to yeah. Oof, I've said it all. I've let it all out. There you go. So I'm glad yeah. that we won. I really am. There you go. So if you did not have an opinion on Wolverhamptons, there you go. Harinda has set the agenda for you right there. And the normally uh, level-headed Harinda. <laughs> that's it. You know what? You have been programmed to de- dis- detest and despise them. Um, I will come to either one of you. I mean, do you, do you have a strong opinion on Wolverhampton fans, either or? I, I don't. Like I said, I've only been to Wolverhampton for exactly an hour of my life. And that was to eat pizza with Gags and Harinder after a Liverpool Burnley game about two years ago. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, happy days. And uh, what about you, Sam? <laughs> that kind of no. passion? No, I, I have no real opinions either way of Wolves. That's all I know is how much it means to Gags, really. Uh, he's just going to be so happy that they, we've beaten them today, especially after the experiences he's had in the past. But... Uh, yeah, so really good just, just to get that win, even if it was a bit nervy at the end there. It was, absolutely. And um, uh, Justin, I'll come to you. Kind of, we're, we're kind of talking about the whole team. We've already had one call. If anyone else wants to call in, do, do let us know. A massive thank you to Harinda there. I will come to you now, um, uh, Justin. Uh, talk to me about the defence. Um, same pairing. Um, uh, what what did you make of our defensive setup? I, I thought Trent had a really really good game. I thought Quebec had a really good game. I would agree with both of those things. Uh, it feels like they've definitely found some sort of chemistry. Whereas Nat's going to be the one to contest the ball, and Quebec is going to be the one to kind of fill in and uh, have to read more and assess. And it seems like probably be you know the one with more uh, varied responsibilities than just going to see ball, head ball, win ball 
which is probably for the best because if you were looking at those two, you'd probably have the more rounded footballer doing all the sweeping up and Kabak, you know, Kabak's 20, not, not 23, I was 24, but Kabak is by a wide margin, a more experienced player. So you'd rather have him doing more of the work. Uh, I think that there, I, I think that Kabak was actually absolutely fantastic. I thought Trent was fantastic. I thought Robertson was decent enough defensively in that, um, you know, Adama Traore just doesn't do much. He he will he will keep attacking and attacking you, but you also know that it's going to come out to nothing, and it did today. Um, I thought I thought Trent did a fantastic job. Pedro Neto did not mm. factor into the game or really get a sniff. And that um, was that threatening side as well. So you yeah. know, credit to that you know that that side of the defense, you know, and yeah, I mean, and Nat did what you'd expect Nat to do: see ball, head ball, win ball. Occasionally, he's going <laughs> to. Occasionally, he's going to be the a little bit too aggressive. There. Yeah, occasionally, he's going to be a little too aggressive and get caught out. It happened a few times today. You just mm-hmm. have to hope that it just doesn't happen enough in a, in a match to kill us, and it didn't. So, no problems there. Absolutely. And, and Sam, I'll come to you because one thing that we definitely have to do with this centre-back pairing is manage our expectations, right? You know, you know that they'll have good games. You know they'll have bad games. You know, Nat Phillips got all the headlines against Leipzig. Um, today, you know, Quebec had had the better game, and you know there will be inconsistencies in their performances. And I think, as Justin kind of rightly highlighted, there, you know, Quebec is only twenty years old. But I'd like to get your thoughts on, in terms of like, or or maybe share your, you know, um, well, yeah, share your thoughts on the fact that you know this is a twenty-year-old kid who's who's literally just been thrown into the deep end, and you know, we, we kind of just have to just take each game as it comes. You know, I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to make a a final decision on him based on one game or two game, like so many people were after three games. Oh yeah, definitely. But just just before I go into the centre backs, there's been an update from Nuno uh, saying Rui is awake, conscious. He oh, remembers. He is okay. A collision with the knee of Cody, but he is fine. So that's really good news. It, it, it sounds like hopefully it was just all of the precautionary things that they're finally doing in football now which is good yes starting to take um concussion and head injuries a lot more seriously now finally so that's great news anyway uh but yeah totally agree with Quebec um he's 20 years of age we need to remember this I think it's the fact that we've known he's been around for a couple of years now we a lot of people are forgetting just how young he is and he's got a bit of experience obviously but he's 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 raw still he's got a lot of the tools you require to be a top center back but there's still going to be a lot of errors and he's had to come into a liverpool team who are on a horrific run of form he's had to play center back with midfielders um who you know especially like Fabinho does a good job positionally but Henderson does know where he is playing centre-back to be fair to him and then he's had to learn from them and he's had to come in and try and be the boss and try and be the most you know experienced player at centre-back at 20 years of age so he you know overall he's had a couple of ropey moments but overall I think he's actually done a good job for us so far and it's you know his arrival is what's allowed us to be able to finally play Fabinho back in midfield. And it's something that's so, so important for this team in order for us to finally get Thiago playing in positions where he, he does the most damage and is is at his best. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's someone, clearly, I know Phillips has been getting all of the headlines and the praise 
in in the press and you know on Twitter and getting man of the match performances according to the votes and things. But there's no doubt about it. Out of the two players, um, Kabak is the one who's got a shout of you know a long career at Liverpool potentially if he does continue to develop. I think Nat Phillips is someone who's got a lot of fight, a lot of passion, and you know he. What, what what was the quote that's going around? He'll two foot his granny for a for a clean sheet and things, you know. All of, all of those things are brilliant, right? And it's great to see someone who will put his body on the line for the team. And he did have some good moments today. He got one little header away from uh, Campbell, was a Wolves player at the back post. They were about to get on the end of it, and he got his head to it. You know, he, he had good moments today, but you know, I think overall he's someone that maybe you know his future might lie elsewhere in the long term. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out and, you know, what, what goes on. And I think in, in, in this makeshift kind of period as well, I'm just really intrigued to, to see when Davis is going to make his appearance as well. Because obviously we've heard the, you know, we've, we've heard the talk that he's a, he's a ball playing centre back. And that was something that I think we've all noticed that is certainly lacking or missing in Phillips's game. Certainly in this game, you know. Where you didn't yet. like that long diagonal he played to James Milner. That's not why you watch this sport. Because that's what gets me up at night to watch, like, watching the sport. I sit there and think, today's the day where I'm going to see Nat Phillips play a 45-yard diagonal in his own half to James Milner. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that actually really got me as well about James Milner, I know he's really slow, but when he came on, he, he did all this mad pressing and he won the ball and he gave it to Sadio. And then obviously Sadio, Sadio missed his chance. But it's, it's those little flashes that you see and you think, ah. Okay, there's something good there, and you know, but I do. I want to see a bit of Davis this season. Have you seen Davis at the moment? He looks feral. Like he <laughs> look, I don't know what's happened to him. I think they've literally kept him in the basement since they signed him. I don't know what the hell's happened because um, he, he was ready to go when we signed him. I thought, and from all accounts as well, he's supposed to be rapid. So he was the one I thought would be kind of have. We'd have to shoehorn into the team pretty sharpish just to have a bit of pace at the back, in order to allow us to play the high high line that we like to play so much. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one with him. I think he's he's picked up a couple of injuries, if I've uh, if I've heard correctly. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. And you know what? Whilst whilst we're here as well, we might as well just quickly cover Alison as well. We've covered the defence there, and you know, I think uh, Justin really great for him to have a clean sheet as well because you know we have been we have been gifting goals left, right, and centre. You know, that's um, another clean sheet for him now, back to back, and. I think as well, um, a lot of it, you know, he's 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 had personal, you know, personal grief, which you know, is is a huge thing. You know, not only affects his game, but obviously affects you know just day to day and life in general. I'm quite amazed that he's out there playing football, to be honest. And you know, same can be said of like Jurgen Klopp as well, coaching that team with what they've been through on on a personal level. But you know, on you know, you know, before obviously. Um, him losing his father, you know, he's had a lot of uh, centre-back pairings and, you know, there's been a lot of chopping and changing. And as great as a goalkeeper that Alisson is, you know, that can't be settling at all. So, you know, going forward, do, do you think that his confidence kind of gets 
better and it kind of builds more knowing that what kind of defenders he's got and what capabilities they've got and what he what he needs to come out from what they'll get because you know there was I think there was um an instance in the first half where you thought he would have caught the ball but he kind of punched it um so I still think he's kind of fine-tuning as to what he can and can't do with these players oh absolutely agree um hit one of the things that has been failing him lately has been his kicking as well. And uh, yes. I feel like that was significantly better today. Mm. Um, he he didn't misplace anything that I saw short, which is obviously what you want your keeper not to do. Um, he did play long when he needed to. When he, fa- when, when he was found under pressure, he was decisive and just hit, hitting the ball away. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of flapping around in the box still because I don't think that he probably knows how to communicate that well with Kabak or... Or Phillips, I'm not sure that anybody is physically capable of communicating with Phillips because, like I said, <laughs> his entire premise is his entire premise is going to be see ball, head ball. So I suppose he's not he head footed, Allison yet. <laughs> well, you ha- you have to assume with Phillips that he's going to be the most aggressive defender we have for two reasons. One, it's the only way that he can be successful playing for us because of his deficiencies in all the other areas that you need a center back for us to have. And then two, it's his only you know. The, the more he does in defense, the more he gives himself a chance to try to solidify further chances and further looks. So he has to continually do those things. And I can imagine that's a bit more difficult um, with it when, when you're a keeper like Allison, who's used to playing behind Virgil van Dyke and Joe Gomez, where van Dyke will assess the situation and just call on whichever one of the three of them needs to do the thing to clear the situation. Right now, it's just Allison doesn't know what he's going to do, which you can clearly say is playing with his head. Now, he wants to be the one who's the most domineering because of those three, his ability at his position far exceeds the other two. But sometimes you just can't, sometimes you, I mean, you can't, you can't always get what you want, I guess is the best way to put that. Mm. Thanks, Mick. And what about yourself, uh, Sam? Any any thoughts on Alison? You know, uh, I think clean sheets are just, um, you know, I think defence, I think it goes without saying the defence and the goalkeeper celebrate clean sheets like, you know, it's like, a, it's like their three points. It's like a goal to them. Oh, so good that he's got the clean sheet today. I, I don't know how he has. <laughs> At the end, he, he was, it, it was clear He's not confident at the moment, and he's had to go through a lot recently in his personal life, obviously, um, losing his father. And the fact that he's come back into the team so quickly after that happening, without having any proper time to grieve or anything, is uh, pretty admirable from him. And, you know, no one would have blamed him if he went away for, you know, three, four weeks just to to reset. And he's been playing throughout. You know, he had the... He missed one game, I think it was, uh, and that was it, you know. So, um, and he, he's had a few wobbles this season. I think having the defence chopping and changing so often really does have an impact on a goalkeeper as well. Um, it's surprising you do defend as a unit in total, and if you're not confident with what's in front of you, it makes the goalkeeper start to be indecisive as well. And the mistakes Alison was making today is things. It's his bread and butter normally. You know, the the ball came in once and it was an easy catch for him, with no Wolves players around him whatsoever. But I think the mistake early on in the game really did play in his mind, and he ended up making the wrong decision and punching it there again, compounding his error. Um, obviously, that chance of a potential. Imagine they gave the bloody penalty in the first couple of minutes when he when he made that mistake. I would have been absolutely sick. 
you know, and he was even the whole team as a whole. We were really, really nervous going into the last five minutes. You could tell we were we weren't keeping hold of the ball at all. We weren't managing the game well whatsoever. And Alisson came out and and parried the ball across the box, and it, it could have gone absolutely anywhere. But thankfully, our luck has turned today, and we we've managed to get the win over the line. So we we've finally got a little bit of a chance to breathe now. We've got. Two wins now, two really important wins in a row there against Leipzig and Wolves now. And we've got a little break. We're not playing again this month, I believe, are we? So, um, Thank God. Yeah, I think it's a time for us to, to take stock now, take a breather. I, and I understand a lot of players aren't going to be going on international duty. The Br- Brazilians, um, especially, I believe, are, are staying. So... Um, that'll give Klopp a bit of time on the training pitch, which he loves so much, and might give us a chance to have a couple of other players kind of iron out a few creases with injuries as well. And, you know, we can regroup and just try and gather ourselves again for the home straight in this season and see what we can salvage. Absolutely. And um, uh, Sam, I'll stick with you. Talk to me about the midfield. I mean, what did you make of the combination? What did you make of uh, their, you know, how how they were kind of controlling or, or you know, just their overall um, game? Because I felt like it was a bit different from the Leipzig game because I, I, I know this is really, really terrible. It's a different opposition, but I look at the same starting, you know, unchanged 11. So, you know, and for a bit of consistency is really nice because, you know, before the team kind of picked itself, now you're sat there thinking with all these injuries with everything, what's Jurgen Klopp going to do? Is he going to experiment? So, you know, you, you, you have a blueprint that actually works and you watch them in this game. And one thing that I kind of noticed was the passing was really off. And also we were, we were as sharp as or as fast as what we were in the Leipzig game, but we were quicker than all the other disappointing games that we played in the league, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. And I I think, I know we're going to talk about the midfield, but I think the, the reintroduction of Jota is, is huge for that. Um, I just think it's given us that little bit of cutting edge that we've been lacking. You know, we, we've broken all records this uh, this run in 2021 for the, our finishing has been diabolical, the amount of shots we've had. Um, and we've barely scored any goals. So it, and we're missing chance after chance after chance. So obviously the reintroduction of Jota is going to be huge for us. But in regards to the midfield, when we've got Fabinho back in that central slot, looking after the defence, it it really does unleash Thiago. And he was like a man possessed today. I don't know what got into him. He was 100 miles an hour from the kickoff. Biting at their heels, but mm. it's some, it's something. You know, you look at the the lazy press that the Thiago's been getting recently. They're they're just using him as a scapegoat because he's someone that's come in this season. They're using him as someone that's to blame for everything. But if you look at his actual performances, he's been one of our better midfielders this season, in my opinion. Anyway, mm. and he's someone who's got a lot of quality on the ball, but something he hasn't been given any credit for. Is his, is his pressing and his ability to win the ball back. And, you know, mm. I know he, he gave away a number of fouls today, but quite a few of them were borderline that he could have got away with them and actually was allowed to play on. And the, the point is, when he does win it, it, it leads to a counter-attack for us then as well. So that's why he does going to go for it so hard. But it's it's something he hasn't been able to do 
when we haven't had Fabinho in the team because it is a bit of a high-risk, high-reward strategy is what he's doing with his pressing. He's so bloody aggressive that you do end up getting yellow cards. Um, I think, oh, Canva who tweeted it now, I saw it earlier, so I would give them credit otherwise. But they uh, basically said um, he's got more yellow cards in his first 15 games for Liverpool than Lee Catamol. Uh, did in the Premier League. <laughs> it just made me laugh because he was an absolute dog, wasn't he? Lee Catamol just fouled the <laughs> shit out of everyone. And it was like, oh my God, yeah, what a comparison. Uh, Duncan Alexander uh, tweeted that out earlier. Yeah, so he, he always likes to do his kind of funny funny tweets. But um, yeah, I, I thought Thiago was all action, but he really did start to tire. I think the, the amount of effort he put in against Leipzig and then this game straight after it, he he was all action, and I thought he was really important to us today. I think I think his performance today has divided a lot of fans again, um, and I don't know if it's the kind of non-English bias thing or, or what. But personally, I thought he had a good game. But I think a lot of people are on edge with him because they feel like he's a bit of a walking red card. But I just think it's that intensity that we've really been lacking in midfield that's really cost us in this run. And it's you know we've got the bite of Fabinho back. And we got Thiago tearing all over the pitch. Um, I thought Wijnaldum was a little bit low-key today, personally. Um, I, I am craving the sight of Fabinho, Keita and Thiago for one game at some point, just to see what happens. It, mm. it could it could be absolute fireworks. Um, I don't know. But obviously, Keita is someone who needs to be kind of gradually reintroduced into the team. But, you know, all in all, I think uh, that's the midfield three for the foreseeable future until Henderson is uh, in the mix, at least anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, Justin, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I think Sam's made some really good points there. You know, the pressing was really good from, obviously, Thiago and then you've got the shield in uh, in um, uh, Fabinho and then you've got the recycling of uh, Gini Wijnaldum, albeit low-key today. But I think one thing that kind of really helped the midfield um, for me today was um, the involvement of the full-backs. Oh, see, the thing that I think really helped the midfield today was the fact that we actually had less of the ball than Wolves, which is something that I've been dying to see for us for a while. We don't need to have 60% of the ball in every single game. We do that far too often. It leads to stale tactics and attacks. Today, mm-hmm. Wolves had 54% of the ball, right? We created more op- we created more opportunities to score than we finished. Um, if they fall to anybody besides Sadio Mane today, maybe they go in, but... Uh, we, we, we created chances, and I think part of that is the pressing. But the problem was a lot of those chances that we created, we also passed terribly in because uh, mm. Ginny and Tiago um, were giving the ball away with alarmingly regular frequency in areas where we probably could have sustained an attack, forcing Fabinho to tackle and kind of taking Fabinho's possession game out of it. So it was a dual-edged sword because of the fact that, yes, we turned them over a lot, but they turned us over a lot too. Um, this is not a vintage game for either for anybody's midfield. In fact, I think the best midfielder who was on the pitch at any point in the game was probably like the last twenty minutes that Navi Keita played because he um, he he was seemingly in the most control of his own ability to do anything. And I don't even think he was particularly great in the midfield. This is, this game was very helter skelter in the midfield, and it was very sloppy on both on both from both teams. Um, I'm just choosing not to care too much about trying to break it down because. Liverpool won a football game, which is exactly what I really that. wanted for a while. Exactly that, exactly that. You don't want to sit there and put it under a microscope. I mean, I just think, like, 
I'm I'm with Sam there though. I do want to see um a Nabi Keita and Tiago kind of combo with um Fabinho sitting the deepest. I I think that could be a lot of fun. Oh, not only do I want to see that, I want to see that against the Pep Guardiola managed side at some point in the future. Because I think that, you know, the more athletic and aggressive you get against a Guardiola midfield, a team that does not like to get punched in the face, the better your results. Here, here. And Justin, you um, kind of spoke about the attack there. And um, of course, um, you know, Jota's in, uh, Firmino's out, uh, Salah Amane. I mean, I'm only interested in talking about Sadio Amane from this particular game. I was just going to um, say, talk to me about this, because he's a, he's a player that, you know, we've been questioning his form. He's looked a little off it. And, yeah, his uh, shooting wasn't great, you know, like, he could have done a bit better. But one thing that I, I always look at the positives, and for me, he had a lot of involvement in the game, which has been lacking in the league. I feel like something that was really, really frustrating me in the games that we've lost, because we've lost so many, I can't even, I can't even name you the, the opposition that we've lost to. It's been embarrassing this season. But the willingness, you know, his his aggression, his strength of how to muscle off players. For me today, those things were coming back. Yeah, the thing that you're looking for in Sadio Mane is the positions he's getting himself into. Mm. The, the more positions he gets himself into where he has the possibility to actually get into shooting position, the better off you are. Because he's not a guy who takes on four or five guys to create his own shot. He'll beat a man, pass the ball, and get on the receiving end of something. He started doing that again today. I mean... Yeah, I think he absolutely, you know, Harinder nailed it on the head when we were talking about it earlier. Just shoot in that situation. I mean, you don't have to try to round the keeper there. Shoot the ball. Um, you have a lot of the net to shoot at, and it was a really, really nice passage of play. The header from that, that he fashioned from Trent's chance, that's tougher, but I still think that he has enough space to get that on target. It would have been a fantastic goal if he could score it. But um, the one thing that, that, you know, Mane did look to do that was constantly encouraging was um, – he was continually using the ball to move it to Jota, and he was continually moving it, using the ball to move it to his mortal enemy, Mohamed Salah. So um, I think you know those are strong positives from a player who needs something or something to glom onto to just get a little bit more form because we really do need him. He's very, very good. He's one of our best players. He's one of the best players in the world, and we need him playing like that in order for us to you know potentially still salvage a, a trophy from this season. Absolutely. He was one of my key players last season as well, was, um, you know, Sadio Mane. And of course, you know, Mo Salah, even though we've not been scoring, it's alarming that he's, um, you know, is he still leading goal scorer? He is still leading goal scorer in the Premier League. What the fuck is anyone else doing? I mean, (laughs) again, again, he probably, again, he scores today if Alex Ockley Chamberlain releases that ball earlier, which he had Mm. eight hours of time to do because... That's a situation where Ox, that's the type of goal that Ox created for these midfielders three years ago when he was really on form. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more on that. You know, that was a frustration there. Just release the ball and then your man is not offside. And Sam, I'll come to you. Talk to me about the front three. I mean, I know you want to talk about Jota there. And I think, you know, it's great. I mean, it's great to see him score goals. It's great to have that player that is kind of injecting some new kind of energy into that front three because, uh, you know, the whole team has been under a lot of criticism recently. And this is a guy that we were all kind of hoping through that really, really bad run of form that we really, really need that striker back because, you know, Roberto Firmino has looked so off it. And I think it does a world of good to take Roberto Firmino out of the, the limelight as well, you know, get a bit of rest. 
no yeah, involvement. Well, I'm pretty sure we were top of the league when Jota got injured. You know, he, someone needs to. I think Harinder needs to work his magic and put his face on that uh, gif of the guy coming back into the house with a pizza, and uh, there's fire in the house, and everyone's fighting, and everything's completely gone, gone to shit. I think you know Jota's come back in, and he must be thinking, "What the hell has happened?" You know, but he scored some absolutely vital goals for us when we were kind of grinding things out a bit in the early parts of the season and he was the key man sometimes coming up with the vital goal that was getting us the three points or injecting a bit of energy off the bench and getting us over the line and you know our finishing has been absolutely atrocious in 2021 and it's it's no coincidence then that we've reintroduced him into the team and then the front three have started to perform a little bit and I, I know they weren't really on fire today in general but it was that one piece of quality that a really good side can put together. And sometimes that's all you need to win a game when you can actually keep a clean sheet. And the goal that we did score today was some lovely interplay yet again, following on from the Leipzig game. And it, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I thought the ball had, had hit the side netting. So I, yeah, I was just <laughs> going to go there. It was a lovely oh, passage of play. And I thought he side netted it. Who else was there? Yeah. Oh, I I was absolutely convinced to hit the side netting. So I, I'm getting used to, unfortunately, doing a delayed celebration because of the whole... And the crowd noise doesn't thing. help. The crowd yeah. noise does not help because it's so delayed and it's yeah. so off cue. I mean, Justin, how, what, what did you make of that? Did you think it went in or did you think it was wide? Well, I, I, I thought it went in the goal, but my eyes were deceiving me also because we scored in the first half of the game, which I thought was an <laughs> activity that has well. been... That has been banned. Yeah. It felt that way, didn't it? Yeah. So, um... this, the, the, the thing that's important about this is the first half of that game, we had some chances. We score at halftime. And then the second half of that game was very boring. Yes, I agree. But that's fine when you have a lead. When you have a lead, you don't want anything to happen in the second half of the game. Did you not have a few heart attack moments though towards the end, or is that just me no, being no, anxious? No, because I don't think Fabio Silva is remotely at the level where he should be playing in Premier League games. He's eighteen years old and looks complete looks completely lost. Okay, maybe less about what's up front, but maybe more about how we kind of undo ourselves. <laughs> I'm less worried about that. We have centre backs playing centre back. Ah, I love the confidence. What it, about it you? Does... It does help when Fabio Silva tries to shoulder the ball into the net yes. instead of headed. <laughs> you make fun of uh, shouldering the ball into the net at the uh, Molyneux, but Jordan Henderson uh, shouldered the ball into the net at the Molyneux last year. Yeah, but if it goes in, it's fine. It is, but yeah, probably, you know, fair play to him. He's obviously a massively talented player. And as you said, Justin, he's 18 years old. So... Um, it's a bit mad that they made the move so so early, but I think they had the Jota money, um, so decided to reinvest it in someone for the future. And I think he's he's clearly going to be someone for the future. Um, just it's a bit soon for him at the moment. But um, yeah, just to go back to uh, Jota, just the the impact that he's had for us. Uh, Dan Ken has actually uh, tweeted about it, saying he's had ten goals for Liverpool now from six point five. XG in all competitions. So that that's really 
a total reversal of what Liverpool have been doing this year so far, where they were finishing has been so, so bad. The amount of chances Firmino's missed. And we see Mane again missing loads of chances, even more at times. You know, even though he's top scorer in the league, he's been missing some guilt-edge chances. It's it's a confidence thing sometimes. And, and I think we've really missed... Jota for the fact that he he can rotate with the front three and he can play in any one of those front three positions as well. And I think it's a combination of keeping those players on their toes, but also giving them a bloody rest. We've played them into the ground. Fair play to them. They've had to play every bloody minute of every game pretty much because we haven't had anything in reserve on the bench. But, you know, with Jota now, he's currently got a goal or assist every 109 minutes for Liverpool. Uh, That's tweeted by Andrew Beasley earlier. It's a phenomenal start for him at this club. And if we can keep him fit, we we can really go on a run this season. If we can keep him fit and and get a bit of luck with injuries, we can go on a run. And, And, you know, maybe we can end up with a league position that's a lot more respectable at the end if we can keep everyone fit. But obviously, we're going to need a bit better luck than we've had so far. Yeah, better look and better finishing. Guys, I'm just delighted that we've got the three points. You know, it's just nice to kind of climb up that table and kind of see, you know, what's going on. And I guess you're both here now. And, um, you know, it's going to be a bit of a timeout of football in Liverpool. I think we all need a little bit of break from it. But from a, a footballing point of view, um, Justin, is this three-week period going to be a blessing for Jurgen Klopp or could it be a bit disastrous? I can't see how having a side that's been bang out of form coming into something where it feels like they're hitting something that appears to be close to our level, um, having three three weeks less to play than everybody else during a compressed season is anything more than an absolute benefit. Usually I would hate this, right? Um, I tweeted this the other day. The last three years, the thing I've looked forward to most is watching Liverpool play. After the last three months, the thing I've looked forward to least is watching Liverpool play. The three-week break gives all of us, including the players, the manager, the support, everybody time to perhaps just breathe. It's been an incredible journey. Some of it has been emotionally draining, wrecking, and depressing. So having a little bit of time to, pretend, you know, to, re- to, to reset, restart our batteries, and do things. And they say that it's weird to say this as a football supporter, because like, all I'm doing is sitting on the couch with a beer most of the time. But... Uh, Still, nonetheless, it, it, it's it's just good because I think it gets I think it gives everybody time to maybe stop focusing on everything that's gone wrong in the last three months and maybe just focus on the last two matches where we've put some things right. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like I, I'm I'm kind of ashamed to admit this because I I hate international breaks. And towards the end of January, I googled when the next international break was because I am like, I think so many people have just been mentally so exhausted from watching what we're watching. And, you know, it's it's just been really, really hard. So I cannot imagine what the players and the coaching staff have been going through watching all that. And what about you, Sam? Your your thoughts on the, the the international break? I mean, is it is it a good thing? I think the reason why I asked that question is because Liverpool don't tend to perform so well after a lengthy break. Yeah, that's been the problem. I've, I've we've touched on this in a few pods, Nina, haven't we? Where we had lengthy breaks and we, we give Jimmy the... a rest, and he's dreadful. Oh, <laughs> he's like, What's God, yeah, I don't understand. Like you know, we look tired after having a break. 
I think I think there is a bit of that to a Jurgen Klopp side, though. He is someone who does capitalise on momentum a lot, a lot of the time. You know, when we have got consecutive games, we have a chance to kind of build up a bit of a rapport with the players, and and we do start to see us click a little bit. And when we do have disjointed fixtures and and you know a long break in between fixtures, we have seen us sometimes struggle to actually perform but quite often that's because players have had to go away on international duty and and we have you know they've had to be distracted elsewhere coming back tired and injured and then we struggle in the next game they haven't actually had a proper rest i'm hoping from what i said earlier that that we will have a lot of the players not having to go on international duty because it fears were about covid so um it might actually be a little chance for us to to actually work on a lot of things on the training ground, ready for Arsenal away now, which is our next fixture on the 4th of April. So that's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a very important one. Um, fingers crossed, Klopp's going to really going to have a chance to, to you know, work his magic over this period. You know, I won't be surprised if we see one of his little behind-closed-doors friendlies that he likes to do with the with the team just to keep them sharp because it is a long you know it's a long old break that is without any any competitive football so um yeah fingers crossed on this occasion the long break is actually one that'll do us more benefit than damage Absolutely. Um, uh, let's hope they stay fresh. And I, I do see the positives in, in our players that I'm going off on international duty as well. You know, certainly the Brazilian lads and stuff, you know, keep them all together, keep the unit together, keep, you know, the atmosphere and the harmony going strong. And yep, um, it will be very interesting. But guys, I've got to ask you something now. What are you two going to do to keep yourself busy in three weeks? Um, any recommendations, anything? Because a lot of people are very, very attached to football. Um, uh, you know, I think we all hated it when, you know, football stopped at this time last year. You know, we were all kind of pulling our hair out. Gosh, you know what? Careful what you wish for, because I could take them days back, literally. Um, Justin, what about you? What are you going to do in those three weeks? Same thing I usually do. Learn to cook something new about once a week. So, Ooh. don't know. So is, I'll there specific, is there a specific cuisine? No. I mean, I'll dip into my mother-in-law's recipe book, which is, you know, largely Marathi. So, um, mm. yeah. But she also, I mean, yeah, Indian food. I'll cook Indian food. <laughs> but I'll, I'll mm. learn anything. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I might drop your recipe. I got and, you. Yeah, and what about you, Sam? What are you going to do? You're going to be binging a lot of TV shows. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know if you've been watching the Six Nations rugby, but for me, that's been going very well at the moment. There's been a lovely distraction with Wales winning every game so far, and Are you they're going and they're go, and they're going into the last game against France now with a potential Grand Slam uh, on the cards. So, if Wales do win away to France, which is a big if because they're a very good side, um, for the following two weeks, then I think I'll just be celebrating and I'd be drunk for about two weeks after it, Nina. <laughs> um, but if Wales do lose that game, uh, they might still win the tournament, but it won't be a two-week piss-up after that. Um, I think I'll just focus on what I've been doing since the New Year especially. It's just you know going for runs, getting outside as much as I possibly can with this lockdown. As I told you before, I'm working from home myself. 
driving me absolutely insane, putting way too much importance on Liverpool games for my happiness. Uh, thank God they actually won today. So, uh, yeah, just just switch off from football for a bit. I think we all need a bloody break, don't we? After after this season, it's been horrific being robbed of the celebration of winning the league last season and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's a chance not only for the team to recharge their batteries, but for us as fans as well. Absolutely. I might become a glory fan and start spotting whales. You know, I could do with some do it. joy. Yeah, I'm going to do, do it. it. That's it. You know, glory hunting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I get you completely. I think I'm just looking after my health as well. Got to just look after all that good stuff. I think the great thing about, though, after this international break, I think what's been really, really hard has been, and I speak from a personal personal perspective, is the fact that there's been so many games, so it's been a constant sort of churning of content. And after this international break, I think it's one game a week, right? And that is going to be an absolute blessing for the players as well. It's just literally Champions League and um, a one league game every week, and the Champions League is going to be really, really like dispersed out, which is good. Mm, absolutely, I, th- I think absolutely. I think it's been absolutely, um, you know, it's been brutal, you know, to to put it nicely, guys. We have come to the end of the show. Before I let you go, can we have some man of the match shouts? I kind of know which two players might be in the front front line here, but I'm intrigued. So, Sam, I'll come to you first on this one. Okay. Um, obviously, Jota made a big contribution to the game today. Um, I thought Mane, he could have ended up being man of the match if the things he was trying came off, but it just, it just wasn't his day in the end. But for, for me... I thought Trent was absolutely fantastic defensively today. Mm-hmm. He's had he's had a hell of a lot of criticism for not being able to defend, and it, it's quite a lot of the time absolute bullshit, to be honest. But you know he's had his problems in defence sometimes. It's it's the weakest part of his game, but in a position where he is asked to push forward like a winger at all times, and then leave himself a hell of a lot of work to try and track back and get back into a good position. So, yeah, today, not only was he defending excellently one-on-one, but there was a number of really good crosses they put in and he got some last-ditch stretch. He stretched a few times with his leg just to get in ahead of Fabio Silva, who would have probably just tried to shoulder it anyway. Um, but, yeah, he made, he made a few really good last-ditch attempts today. I think, you know, going forward, he passed the ball well as well. But I think it's his... For, for the first time probably ever that I'm going to pick Trent as man of the match for Liverpool for his defensive contribution more than his attacking contribution today. Oh, I like it. He was one of the names that I was thinking of as well. And Justin, I'll come to you. Who's your man of the match and why? We won 1-0. I'm going with the goal scorer, Diogo Jota. I thought about Kabak. I thought yep. he was great. But in the end, you don't win if you don't score. We haven't scored a lot lately. I'm going to reward a man for scoring with my man of the match. Nice. I like that. And I like the reasoning behind it as well. I was going to give it to Quebec. Not going to lie. I just love the fact that, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid, been thrown into a deep end. He's going to have some good performances. He's going to have some bad ones. And he, to me, looks more and more assured. And if he's looking more and more assured, it means those clean sheets might be a regular thing. And you know, that that in itself is a good thing. But I love both of your two shouts because Trent was my second one as well. Sam, 
I then were the two players that kept like kind of like were were floating in my head. But Jota, yep, goal scorer. You you can't fault that. You can't say anything against that. Let us know your man of the match, people. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Who's your man of the match? Give us your reasons why. Um, this is the end of the show. But again, before I let my my guests go, um, I need to get some plugs from them. So Sam, I'll come to you. Where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. And I just want to wrap this up with a little quote from Klopp that he did in the interview after the game. Three dirty points. I'm completely fine with that. And I couldn't have said it, said it better myself. We've, we've ground out the win today. We can all finish on a high now going into this long break with a smile on our faces. Happy days. Happy days indeed. And what about you, Justin? Um, where can people find you on Twitter and anything you'd like to plug? Because I know you're always super busy with stuff. So you can find me at Rolls on Shabbos. Um, just look at the show notes. You'll find them there. But uh, I'm not spelling it out. But uh, during, the, during the break, I will be supposedly getting into a, reviving the face-off pod to, talk, to tackle everybody's favorite topic before the summer. FSG. So that, that'll, that'll be coming. And then also I will be uh, reuniting with a, with a few Americans for a U.S. pod that will be coming out as well. So there will be some work done over this international break. And as always, uh, the club actually also is going to be doing a uh, kind of a social media campaign around how, you're, how, how um, you know, supporters are he- helping with food poverty in their own area. Um, so if you can, please pitch in and help. Um, you know. Donate a can of food to a food bank is not very hard. Doesn't cost you very much, but it can help. So, uh, you know, the club is going to be pushing on with that to highlight their work with fan supporting food banks, and uh, a lot of supporter group, a lot of supporters groups around the world will also be joining in. So, you know, do what you can to help people during a tough time. Excellent stuff on all three fronts. I can't wait to listen to the face off pod. I love the US pod. I can't wait for it to come back. And yep. Um, and if you can't physically get to a food bank, because it is really tricky, some people are shielding, you know, it's still a big thing. You can just donate money. It's, you know, it's it's easy. You can, you know, help in any way, shape or form. And, uh, yep, um, do help out, help those in need. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm going to be taking a little bit of time out from the Nina Kaza show. I can't tell you how excited I am about that. Um, It's great to be signing off for a short period with a win um thank you so much for all your support thank you for always listening and tuning in and until next time enjoy that three points enjoy that win take care stay safe and up the reds Podcast Network.